This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work. Every leader needs an intentional plan to see transformation take place in their organization. The Kingdom Leadership Workshop exists to help you build that plan. Learn more at www.kingdomatwork.com slash events. Kingdomatwork.com slash events. Welcome to I Work For Him. This afternoon as we broadcast once again from Rogers, Arkansas, courtesy of the Work Matters folks. We'd love for you to check out the ministry of Work Matters because they help you understand why your work matters to God. Workmatters.org, workmatters.org. We've been just kind of grabbing some of the speakers as they finish up their speaking stints here at today's conference in Rogers, Arkansas, and we're talking now with Lorianne Biggers. She's the CEO of Bella Vaughn, and I'll let her tell you what Bella Vaughn's all about. Lorianne Biggers, welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks, Jim. It's great to be here, Martha. All right, so we always ask this question of every new guest on our show. How did you come to be a follower of Jesus? I was born into a family of faith. My mother and her family uh, immigrated from Syria in 1956 and uh, knew that there were some significant dynamics changing in Syria and that uh, a family of Christians were going to need to find solace elsewhere. And obviously we've seen with what's been happening Mm. in media that certainly things have changed in Syria. So we were actually uh, Orthodox Christians and uh, when my mother came to El Paso, Texas with her family, they started uh, going into a couple of different avenues. So I went to school, actually, at a place called Jesus Chapel School, which was a non-denominational evangelical school. We went to a Pentecostal church on Sunday nights. We went to a Greek Orthodox church on Sunday morning. My father was Southern Baptist. And then I ended up on Wall Street, which was basically spiritually desolate. So I've had a schizophrenic religious (laughs) background, but um, certainly God has always been a part of my life. I I will tell you that after the movie uh, Left Behind came out, I was uh, basically three or four years old when it came out. And every night for two years, I prayed the sinner's prayer just to make sure because the movie scared me so much. So I'm super saved. You know, every, every night I prayed that prayer. That's awesome. Well, in the Syrian background, a lot of people don't realize that when um, uh, Paul was told to go meet Simon on, uh, am I going to mess this up, Straight Street in Damascus, Syria. I mean, I mean, in, the, in Acts, it talks about Syria. I mean, the, the body of Christ was exploding into Syria at that point in time. It's really cool to see that carried on 1900 years later in your mom's life. Yeah, absolutely. And not to mention the fact that in the end times, it's prophesied that there will no longer be a quote unquote Damascus. And you see what's happening now and the triage and the travail that's going on. And so I'm certainly of the belief that we're uh, in the last days, uh, obviously nobody knows the time and the hour going back to left behind, but no, right. but nobody That's knows right. the time and the hour, but you know, now's the time for us to be used where we're planted other than, you know, specifically in the church world. And so I have a real passion for what's going on globally. We do a lot with the Syrian refugee crisis and, uh, spend a lot of time with those that are in that, that have been displaced in Lebanon and Iraq and Iran and, uh, you know, there, but guy, but by the grace of God, go I and go our family. So, um, yeah, it's very interesting to see what's happening in the world right now. Well, I mean, as long as we're on that subject, just share with us uh, the plight. We you hear you can't believe the media. Okay, so we have to hear it from people actually on the ground because the media will always has a slant somewhere. But behind the scenes, we hear a lot that a lot of the refugees are Christ followers who are being chased out of the country. 
how true are those stories and how should we as Christ followers be responding to those crises? Because there's a lot of crisis happening in the Middle East. I mean, there's people abandoning countries left and right. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's a combination. There are a lot of Yazidis that are being... uh uh, expelled out of the country. Uh, the Yazidis are obviously not Christian, but they're being expelled because they don't believe what the Shiite do. Uh, and then obviously the Christians are being expelled. So uh, here's the thing. They'll know we are Christians by our love. So irrespective of whether it's the Yazidis or the Christians or whoever is without country and that is struggling, I think we have a responsibility as Christians to love them. You know, Jesus was very clear when he uh, was with the woman at the well, the Sumerian woman. He didn't try to uh, dictate to her his faith. He demonstrated to her his faith, and, and he didn't condemn her. He loved her, mm-hmm. and that opened the door for salvation and belief. So I think we have to follow that example, and whether it's Yazidi or Christians, I think our response has to be the same. I, I certainly don't want to be the one that when I get in front of the father in the throne room of heaven and he say well I was sick and I was hungry and I was unclothed and I was a refugee what did you do uh I I want to raise my hand and say I'm not here to judge I'm here to love and I loved all of them amen and we're seeing so many conversions happening you know Mm -hmm. certainly I was watching something in the media the other day that uh they were disputing these conversions, but we've seen it firsthand. It's amazing. And the miracles and the signs and the wonders that are going on right now, uh, it, it's absolutely breathtaking what God is doing. He is showing up in the most amazing ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't be shocked at that, yet sometimes we do get shocked at that. And, and I love hearing that because I, what I love is the fact that you know a lot of those countries had shut it off from Christians. We don't want you in. And so all of a sudden God's moving people out. And a lot of those people of lots of different faiths are coming to our country and they're getting exposed to real Christianity, the truth of Jesus for the very first time, because they've been told some different version of who Jesus is. And and people are actually getting exposed to who Jesus really is. Uh, And that's fascinating. I mean, we 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 grew up in Minneapolis. Huge Somalian population there now mm-hmm. that has moved, and the, and they would never have allowed Jesus into Somalia, but they're getting exposed to Jesus in Minneapolis left and right, which is just phenomenal. It's great. That's a little off topic, but I loved hearing that. So thanks for sharing that from the Middle East. Love that. Talk to us about Bellavon. What is Bellavon all about, Lorianne Biggers? So Bellavon's an interesting story. Um, I, I've been an executive, a senior executive, and the. New York area for the majority of my career. I got married uh, almost 10 years ago. It'll be 10 years in October. And uh, my husband started saying when I was commuting back and forth from London and New York to Dallas every week, and he would say, look, you've got to do something uh, on the plane other than work because you're getting off the plane and you're completely stressed out. And so I've Mm -hmm. always, I have a design background. I've always had a passion for design. I was a, a music and a finance major a double major in college. Music and, and finance. You don't hear that very often. Well, it's correlated. Music and math sure, are correlated. Sure, yes. So uh, I've, I've always had a passion for both the design, the left and the right brain. And so I started designing my own pieces of jewelry. Um, my jeweler at the time, who is now my partner, started making the pieces. And then I would be at these various 
you know, CEO events when I was president of Lloyd's of North America. I'd be at these various events and I'd have a guy say, hey, you know, my wife's 40th birthday's coming up. Can you make a piece? And then, you know, it, it just started growing and growing and growing. It's kind of like the shampoo commercial from the 90s. Yes. And she tells someone and she <laughs> so tells someone. And then, yeah, so exactly. And so it multiplied. And uh, I was kind of at an inflection point. Uh, with where I was going with my career, I really felt like God was calling me to do something. He's always kind of had me in these seven-year segments in my life. Mm -hmm. That's my season. Uh, and I was kind of coming near that end of that seven-year period. And I was on the, I, and still am on the board of the A21 campaign. And, uh, you know, just have a real heart and passion to speak into the lives of young women and really help young women that have been uh, neglected and hurt and injured and was really feeling like God was calling me to the ministry and thought, well, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go in the ministry. And I, I just got hit kind of by a lightning bolt. My pastors, Robert and, and Debbie Morris, were saying, you know what, God didn't make a mistake. God put you in the marketplace for a reason. He is using you where he planted you. Mm -hmm. So he gave you these gifts and talents. He knew what gifts and talents that he was going to give you. And the fact of the matter is, is that you have such a large population those that are coming into this country and those that are already in this country that are quote unquote unchurched. And if all of us go in the ministry, we leave 95% of the population exposed for people that uh, aren't seeing the gifts and the talents and the things that God is doing in other right. people. So uh, we have to take the ministry with us to whatever our marketplace might be in every sphere and every area of influence. So Anyway, uh, I was making all of these various pieces, and uh, Blue Nile, the CEO of Blue Nile, said, hey, why don't you think about coming up with a couple of designs for us? And we ended up coming with uh, a full collection and thought, you know, if you have an interest in one or two of these things, we can do it. And he said, you know what, we want the full collection. And by the way, uh, if we commit to you, you can't commit to us, and so Consequently, I gave my employer at the time, the CEO and the chairman, uh, my one-year notice and then started Bellavon and now we go global. So you've shared, you know, how God led you on that journey a little bit just to what, what you are doing now with Bellavon. But what has brought you here to the Work Matters Conference? What did you have to share with the um the people in the audience today? Really that God uses us where he plants us and that we need to be aware that we're going to have more testimony through our actions so that our job becomes our pulpit and our performance becomes our platform um, and that the marketplace really does become our congregation, for lack mm -hmm. of a better term, that we influence people. And so often people that are in the world are dissuaded by Christians because they've seen hypocrisy mm. and they get turned off because there's all of this spouting off. Uh, whereas my philosophy is that we were never supposed to dictate who we were as Christians. Jesus never dictated who he was. Uh, he demonstrated it. So I really want people to understand that when you're at in the workplace, showing your integrity, showing your excellence, uh, making sure that you're living those things on a day-to-day -day basis, that you're going to have more impact from your consistency of character than you ever will from spouting your theology. Mm, that's powerful. You know, I think that um, the, the people that come to the Work Matters Conference are looking for just knowing and being reassured that, um, that 
they are in the place where God wants them to be. And I think that that's one of the things that they've been getting consistently all day long from the speakers, Jim. Yeah, Lorianne, you've led some pretty big teams and some pretty big companies across the country. I, I, of course, I'm fascinated by your time at Lloyd's of, Amer- Lloyd's of London of North America, Lloyd's of North America. I love that because we've got insurance background. But what has been the most challenging part of you living out your faith and your work in your career up to today? I think there were three very specific instances. Uh, One, when September the 11th happened, so obviously my offices were in New York. I was an executive at the time with Marsha McLennan, and of the 2,600 people that perished in the World Trade Center, 298 were uh, our employees, was Mm. was our team. And, uh, you know, it was simply by the grace of God uh, and a mistake of a couple of people that Uh, I actually didn't happen to be there that day, that morning. Um, So a a number of our team members perished. And uh, that was very difficult, walking through that and knowing when to insert myself as a person of faith. And it's just amazing when you surrender and when you say yes, God allows that to show up and God allows those doors to open. So uh, I, I was able to go through that with... Uh, God right by my side, but there was a lot of survivor's guilt because I would have so many people say, you know, God must really have a big plan for you Mm. since he saved you. Uh, And and there's something that goes, you know, that mantle becomes very heavy and you think what that yoke is almost painful because you're thinking, okay, God, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? And then you, you try in your own self, I tried in my own self to kind of birth that next thing and say, okay, God, what is it that I'm supposed to do? And, oh, I'll go into the ministry. And God is like going, no, sweetheart, like these, <laughs> these are the gifts and the talents that I've given you to stay in the marketplace because we're rendering uh, so many of the people in the world ineffective because everybody's wanting to go into the ministry, that God's going to use you exactly where he plans you, which we talked about a little while ago. But uh, that was one very difficult time. The the next difficult time um, was in 2004, uh, gone through a really heartbreaking divorce and a number of miscarriages and just just Mm. tremendous loss. So even though I was at the apex and the pinnacle of uh, my career world and, you know, a very young senior executive, my marriage had fallen apart, uh, wasn't able to do what every woman should be able to do, which is have a child. And so there was a lot of scarring and hurt there. I still hadn't totally healed from the whole September 11th uh, situation. And then within three weeks uh, of my divorce being final, my father at the age of 61 had a massive heart attack and dropped dead. And, um, you know, so I think all of those things simultaneously happening, I kind of reached out to the Lord and went, I just, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't think I can do it anymore. I, I, I just want to go into a nice, easy life. I want to leave New York. I want to do all of these things that just uh, allow me to insulate and cocoon up and sit in the lap of my Abba father and, you know, just be soothed for a little while. And he was like, okay, you've got 10 minutes and then I'm putting you back out in the world. And um, it was the best thing that could have happened. And then I would say the third most difficult thing was being at Lloyd's during the economic crisis. what happened in New York and, and globally at that particular period of time was uh, extremely overwhelming and the responsibility that you feel for the people that you manage and how many families would have been impacted and uh, the testimonies that we had to give on collateral positions and other things were uh, so significant with responsibility. It was a bit overwhelming, but 
I just had to give it to the Lord. I had to say, yes, here I am. You give me the words. I'm submitting to you. Uh, and if I hadn't have done that, and if I hadn't have been able to walk through it with the Lord, then I don't think I could have gotten through it. I mean, there were there were incidences of so many people uh, committing suicide and leaving mm-hmm. the workplace. And, you know, you heard all the stories about the AIG people and others. But, you know, we, we see in part and we understand in part. That's what the Bible says. And at, in 2008, none of us thought that we were going to come through it. Mm-hmm. And... God said, you know what, there's something on the horizon that's even bigger and there's something that's better. And there is newness every morning. And the next season of your life is going to be better than the last season of your life. And so for anybody who's out there that's saying, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Why am I going through this struggle? Well, that struggle stretches you. And when you're being stretched, it's God is giving you additional capacity to take on the next thing that he has in store for you. So just hold on to it because something is coming around and something is new for you in this next season. Those are powerful, great words. And it, it's, it's amazing how you allowed, you just said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. You allowed that adversity to take you from who you were to who he could use more effectively, which is where you're at today with Bella Vaughn. So how are you able to live out your faith every day in this jewelry business? We, we, we look at this fantastic jewelry you got on your hands. How are you able to live out your faith vibrantly doing what you're doing today? Day by day, and very intentionally, I sit on uh, three corporate boards. I'm also on A21's board. Uh, I, I, I'm a very, very busy girl and, uh, I, I don't want to have busy confused with effective. I want to be an effective person, but in order for me to do that, I have to prioritize. And I say all the time that people that ask me, how do I balance my life? I tell them I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the misconception is, is that we're supposed to have it all. And I think we live... Uh, with the Twitter and the Instagram world where the best foot is always put forward. And so you're looking and you see this perfect family and then this perfect family has a perfect business and then this perfect business has a, you know, a perfect ministry. And it, it doesn't work that way. There is no such thing as being perfect. But I'll tell you what, I, I give myself to God every day and say, I'm not perfect, but I want to be perfected. And I want to be able to prioritize what it is that you want me to do. Mm. And prioritizing also means not to say yes to every good thing. I mean, I have to be very intentional. I hate to say no. So if I get invited to speak at a conference, uh, I used to say yes to everything. And I would hear God say, you know what, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. So I would start saying no. And I had to tell myself, you know what, it's okay to say no to good things and make room for the things that are specifically the God things that he has ordained for me in order for me to follow the path that he wants me to follow. Because people will suck you in in every Mm -hmm. way that they possibly can. So obedience and intentionality are the two ways I do it every day. You know, I think that's important, Jim, and we've um, interviewed people like we have no woman who wrote a book, Killing Wonder Woman. And it's that whole idea that, you know, as women, we feel like we have so many roles to play and we want to please everybody. But um, thank you for encouraging others to think about um, saying no to the good and making sure that we're saying yes to the God, because that really that that's what he wants from us. Mm-hmm. Um, you also had made a um, another point about just 
you know, it not being balanced. You know, we, it's just giving it to God and trusting Him. What would you say in just the last little bit of time to the women that are listening that are maybe, um, you know, they're building a career, but they're struggling with how to keep it all going to, and to make sure that they're staying pointed on, on task with what God wants them to do? So make sure you know what your priorities are, mm-hmm. number one. My father used to tell me all of the time that great leaders understand that they have a lot of balls to juggle. And the key thing is, that you have to decide which ones are crystal and which ones are rubber. You let the rubber ones bounce and you keep the crystal in the air. (laughs) Number two, the other critical component is for women to realize that you're an exhaustible resource. All of us are exhaustible resources, but women want to fill everybody's cup without filling their own cup. So make sure that, you know, even Jesus, when he was in this world, he was still not of this world. So he would come back and do sabbatical. He would come back with his disciples and pull away. So make sure you're getting plugged into your local church. Make sure you're getting plugged into small groups and people that are feeding into you. That's what will make your Mm -hmm. cup full and be able to nurture and fill others. Amen. Lori M. Biggers, thank you so much for sharing your story right here on I Work For Him. My pleasure. Thank you both. This is great having you here. Make sure you check her out online, bella-vaughn.com. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're broadcasting from Rogers, Arkansas. The conference, the Work Matters Conference, the Work Matters Annual Conference. And it's been an incredible day, hasn't it, Martha? It really has, Jim. I mean, first of all, the room was just filled with um, amazing people that were here ready to to have big takeaways and excited for all of the amazing top-notch speakers that were here and um, then to actually have them speak and share whatever God had put on their heart in a really impactful way. It's been incredible. Great speakers, great lineup, great um, environment, great food. It's fantastic. I knew you would say that. And Martha was able to find me a Mountain Dew on premises. So that all just lays I won the brownie time. point for the day. Yes, yeah, she did. All right, we've got Catherine Gates with us. She's with Work Matters. She's been with Work Matters. Oh, wow. Been with Work Matters for a really long time, making a huge impact. If you're part of Work Matters at all, you've been getting their daily devotionals or every other day devotionals. You've been in contact with Catherine Gates because she sends out amazing emails twice a week at least. Catherine Gates, welcome back to I Work For Him. It's great to be back with you, Jim and Martha. All right. So talk about the day. You know, you guys spend all year long preparing for today. We do. It takes at least a year to prepare for a conference like this. So what's your biggest takeaway from today? You, how many of the speakers did you get to hear? You probably didn't get to hear all of them, did you? I got to hear a handful. Okay. But we will probably get to hear all of them over the weekend through the live streaming, which I'm so grateful that we had this year. Well, what I'm hoping for is that you're going to make those videos available for people just to buy. Like, I want to buy all the videos from that conference because I want to be able to watch them all too. All right. So talk about the biggest thing that impacted you personally from the conference. Let's just go to Catherine Gates personally. Oh, wow. Um, I'll tell you what. John Tyson... I mean, he just um, resonates. He says things that are so deep mm-hmm. and really, I feel, takes me to a whole other level of thinking about how my faith um, impacts my work. You know, we had a conversation and, and he talked a lot about, um, he, he compared our lives to sinkholes and that as we... Um, forget to make sure that we've got that living water supporting our lives, really abiding in Christ, that that those little compromises that we make, those little veer, veering off on our own be, can become a sinkhole and we can really fall into that. Our whole life can get sucked into it, mm-hmm. just like, like, a, like anything that would be on top of a sinkhole. 
um, I that was just such a powerful analogy and visual. Yeah. yeah. Um, that really makes you look, take a whole new look and say, Lord, please show me anywhere that I'm allowing any negative thoughts, complaining, any kind of anything that's out of line with the Holy Spirit. Um, show me where that is so that I'm aligned with God's truth and God's word. Yeah, you know, we um, he, when he was sharing that and talking about the the pressures that come from the world, yes. and when the the um, the streams are empty under the layers of rock in Florida, I'm sure elsewhere too that we can relate to it in Florida. That that pressure from above can make the sinkhole; it collapses. Well, it doesn't and make he, the sinkhole; it okay, makes whatever's it, built on top of the ground yeah, to collapse into the to sinkhole. Collapse, right? But but nonetheless, and he was saying that you know that's when we see the moral failures of of great leaders because they've just neglected something. And so the challenge to not let those areas get dry, to not um, starve this, the living water um, out of our life is, is hugely important for every single person because every person is a leader if right. they have influence over one other person. Right. And that's what he said. What happens is that those streams that support, mm-hmm. that form the support, they evaporate. Yep. And when we're not in God's word on a daily basis, abiding in Christ, praying, seeking his guidance for everything on a daily basis in our work, that that uh, presence of the Lord evaporates, starts mm-hmm. to evaporate because we're not looking to it. And it's so easy to give into those pressures. Yeah. Hmm. How are you going to bring that back to the office on Monday? Oh, you got Monday off, which is good because you guys have worked really hard to get this conference pulled off. How are you going to bring that to the office on Tuesday? How is that going to impact Catherine Gates working at Work Matters? Yeah, that's a great question because we have to be as intentional as anybody else at Work sure Matters. Just because we, you know, we support people in doing this doesn't mean we don't have to challenge ourselves as well. Um, I'm going to be taking a lot of notes, writing down some of the main points. Um, I have my Michael Hyatt Full Focus Planner. Mm-hmm. And so I, pl- I really use that. Another free plug right here and I work. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I love it. But um, it's a great way to remind myself of the, those tidbits. And, you know, here's the thing, what I've learned, and I, and I always ask people to do, I'm going to find three key things. That doesn't mean there aren't a lot of other things that I took away. And there, there were a ton. I mean, every speaker just was phenom- did a phenomenal mm-hmm. job. But... If I can take three things and start applying them immediately, then I'm going to see that difference. And then I can go back to my notes and, and see if there's anything else. But, but I'm going to find three things that I want to start doing immediately. And one of them is certainly to make sure I'm raising the bar on how much I'm allowing that living water to support all the work that I'm doing really checking my the motives of my heart that's a that's a key message that John talks about and really making sure that I'm giving God glory we had a personal conversation on the side and he talked a little bit more about God's glory that gave me a a different perspective you know we it's easy to gloss over some of those words because mm-hmm. we say them so frequently and not really understand the, the full meaning of it. And, and it's like whatever you're doing, he was talking about somebody who, who cuts up butcher's meat, you know, that he lifts up his knives to the Lord and says, Lord, let me, as I'm chopping up this meat, let me do it for your glory. And it just adds a whole different 
um, dimension and experience to what you're doing, but it also mm-hmm. means that the work that you produce is blessing people in ways that you don't even realize. Right. Mm. That's great. I love that. So in challenging people, you know, I love your idea of, you know, I'm going to find three things. And then if I implement those well, or when I implement those well, go back and find some more if there is more in there. And um, that's one of the things about a conference like this. And you guys provided a great little journal so people could take notes and write things in that you could say, you know, I I often go back into my notes and think, what was it that I starred or circled or whatever it is. And, um, you know, that's one of the amazing things about doing a conference like this, that it doesn't end up just being a one day it's one day of committed time away in a in a different location but the impact can go on forever it can and the key though is to make sure that it stays alive because it's so easy to go back to work on monday and now you've got a weekend as well yeah it's so easy to go if you're not reflective you don't stop over the weekend and take some time it's so easy to go back to work on monday and have all of those things that were waiting for you and all those distractions cause what you've learned to sort of fade into the background Mm -hmm. and so um so we put out some we've put out a 30-day challenge we put out a 30-day challenge tell us about that who's we work matters Work WorkMatters.org. That's right. Just want to, we're at the middle of the segment. want to make sure people know who we're talking to. We're talking with Catherine Gates from Work Matters. Talk to us about this 30-day challenge. We really feel strongly about equipping people and helping them to be in community because that's the way you're going to keep that living water supporting that foundation, mm-hmm. right? And so on Monday, we're going to start sending out daily scripture, a verse from God's Word that applies to our work. And a short one or two sentence application, because I think that's where people struggle is, how does God's word, how is God's word relevant to my work? How do I pr- apply it practically? Mm-hmm. Is, it, is there a way to apply it practically? There is. And that's where the power really is, is when you start applying God's word to your work and you see the relevance of scripture, then people will tend to look at that more frequently. And so that's what we're going to be doing Monday through Friday. They'll get a, a verse with the application. And then we, all, we will also recommend one of the version devotionals that they can go through on a daily basis. Each one is four days right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they can go through Monday through Friday and then Friday have a day off, do, do something different, but definitely get that workplace scripture in there. Excellent. Mm, I love that. And you guys are so intentional about providing some great resources at Work Matters. You've got the, the Bible studies. You've got the Work Matters Institute. When, when does the next Work Matters Institute kick off? It actually, there's one in progress now. It okay. kicked off in August, and the next one kicks off in February. And we don't know yet if people can be able to be involved remotely with that one in February. But I've been putting the big plug in for that one because if people <laughs> really want to get involved. That's Jim's idea. That's Jim's idea. That's <laughs> right. So that is another piece of content we're launching. It's not ready yet, so people can pre-register for our Work Redefined course. It's our first online course, and that will be sort of an on-ramp to eventually scaling the material that we have in the Institute. But that Work Redefined course is a five-session course Mm -hmm. that sets the foundation for God's design for work. And so we'll have some of the speakers that you saw today, Mm -hmm. Shelley Simpson, Donnie Smith, people like that, um, talking about some aspect of God's design for work, you know, um, why does our work matter to God, how to love people at work, how to serve people at work. And then eventually we'll develop a lot more. But that will be, um, people can pre-register now at workmatters.org. Click on training. 
and they'll see Work Redefined course. They can pre-register, and then they'll get a message as soon as it's launched, which we expect to be sometime in November. And that course is a virtual course, so that is one that people can take online. Anywhere they are, anywhere they have a a device hooked up to the internet. Well, since 95% of the globe is now wireless, that should be easy to take. That's fantastic. And they can, and you got a Work Matters app. Does that apply outside of the conference? We really want people to take advantage of that Work Matters Conference app after the conference. They just made a bunch of connections with everybody who participated, not just here locally, but the people who live streamed as well. And so they really have an opportunity to share insights and continue to stay connected to those people and possibly, um, I'm not sure exactly what our plans are, but possibly see some resources through that that, app. platform as well. What did you take away today that impacts you personally, maybe outside of the office, outside of work matters? One of the things that has really been on my heart and, um, and just got a little more um, deepened today is really helping Christian women rise up as leaders in the workplace. Um, I got to MC Celia Swanson's breakout session and she said some really powerful things about how she found the courage to become the leader that she is. She was the first executive vice president at Walmart, mm-hmm. woman vice president mm-hmm. at Walmart, and really broke the glass ceiling for other women to, to, to raise up into that level of right. leadership as well. Um, but it took courage. It took fighting some of the, the, the voices that a lot of women hear in their heads about having to prove themselves, not being good enough. She had the, the idea of, um, she said, you know, I felt like I had imposter sy- syndrome, mm-hmm. that I was going to be found out as a fraud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, too many women experience yes. that. And when we come back, lots more from Catherine Gates. And Martha and I are going to share a little bit of our takeaway from today's conference. We're talking about Work Matters. You've been hearing about it all week. It's incredible. We really want you to get involved. Workmatters.org. Workmatters.org. Put October the 11th, 2019 on your schedule. But before we get back to Catherine, I really want to hear from you. What was your biggest takeaway today? Um, You know, I think we've had several of our guests um, after the conference talk about Donnie Smith and his analogy with the peach tree. And... um, I would guess, because he shared it so many times, it may even be out there on YouTube. I'm not sure. I'm just guessing at that. But um, but really just his this whole concept that a healthy organization produces good fruit, and those fruit are the um, you know, the managers and, and the people ultimately at the top of leadership are really the roots of that tree that, that help feed the tree and give it the support and everything that it needs to flourish and have the good peaches. And there's just so many ways you can go with that analogy. Um, but it really resonated with me when he asked the question, if we were to ask the peaches, do they have everything they need in your organization? Would they be able to say they don't need anything else, that they've got everything, you know, has been supplied to them to keep them healthy and doing what they need to do. And um, boy, is that a challenging question and a really good question. I really liked that from a management standpoint. Yeah, it's a good one. You know, and for me, it was really, I, I loved hearing from Phil Vischer. First of all, I, who was the creator of VeggieTales. Yes. Big idea, entertainment, yep. big idea. The company was a big idea. And I love what he said because he talked about dreams and dreams that God's laid on our hearts mm-hmm. and how sometimes our dreams have to die. 
that because it, it becomes an idol to us. Yeah. It be, becomes about us instead of being about God. These visions or these dreams that God's given us, and that for Phil Vischer, it was one of the things that he came away with is that you know God could have rescued Big Idea many times. Yeah, God could, but He didn't. Right. Uh, and that ultimately it was about shaping and forming Phil Vischer in order to be able to share this message. It was that adversity that shaped his life to take him from who he was to who God could use more effectively. And that's tough to understand. God could have rescued big ideas. He, it could have kept it out of bankruptcy, but he didn't. Right. And we, he, you know, you can ask the question why. It might have been because Phil Vischer needed a, a, to you know learn that. But to me, I really like that because that's when one of those things as as we have ventured out with I work for him, you know, there's many times we could say, well, God could just step up here in this miraculous way and take care of things. And he hasn't. But that's OK. It, it's this is God's deal. This I work for him and, and it's not about us. And so sometimes I have to just like, OK, Lord, I'm going to lay it back in your hands. It's not about us. Uh, but I really that really resonated with me hearing him because he, he, you know, everybody knows VeggieTales, 60 right. million Videos were purchased. You know, we sung, oh, we where is my hairbrush? We own 59 million of them. Yeah, no, we, you know, <laughs> you know, we sung, oh, where is my hairbrush with all of our daughters and our foster daughters. I mean, that was just one I of those think, deals. Yeah, and I think that I think th- what, the thing that resonated from the most for me when he was going through all the different voices and the different little and snippets was when he talked the, the, you know, silly songs with Larry, you know, and it was yeah. like, okay, now it's time for, for silly, silly songs. songs with Larry. And, right. um, but, and we just embraced those and our kids did learn a lot. And, you know, even in college, I remember them having friends over and going, we're going to watch VeggieTales tonight because, you know, they all loved it. Because they could sing along. They could. And I think that's so important. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, is that even though Big Ideas is not here anymore, all of that impact goes on and on and yeah. on today. And that's what I was just going to um, allude back to is loop back to is the fact that um, God used all of that for good for the kingdom, um, but saw that there was a time for some personal um, things that needed to happen. And he was very open and honest about that. But it didn't mean that that dream didn't have impact. And I think that's one of the things, too, people really need to, um, you know, understand that God put something on your heart for a purpose. And look at all the lives that were changed as a result. You were in there for that same session. What were you, what was your takeaway from Phil Vischer? One of the things that really struck me is the profound level of failure that he experienced, Mm. right? With bankruptcy and just losing his whole company and having to walk through that. And for a lot of people, that would be a hopeless and desperate situation. But Phil never lost his relationship with God. He never stopped believing in God. And he realized, he he finally came to the realization, this isn't about God and big idea, right? It's Mm -hmm. about God and Phil Vischer. Mm-hmm. And when he had that insight, he was able to go back to God. And I mean, things have ter- turned around dramatically. And boy, I really hope that people would hear that, mm-hmm. that God can take that and turn it around for something even better than what you thought it should have looked like. God's, God's ways are not our ways, right? They're, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His plans are, are so much better. And actually, we wrote one of the devotionals, God's Design for Work. Um, and I based it or weaved in Phil Vischer's story mm. because it's, it's so powerful. And she's talking about on the version. So U-version. So people want to go and look, at, um, look up Work Matters under the version search mechanism. And then they'll find the one that's 
what was it called again? Right. God's Design for Work. You go into the Version Bible yep. app. You find the check mark to find your plans. You look for, you, you go find plans, type in Work Matters, and you'll see 10 yes. work ma- workplace devotionals, including God's Design for Work, which Excellent. weaves in a bit of Phil's story. Yeah. Excellent. Well, and that's the voice of Catherine Gates. She's on staff here at Work Matters, who's been uh, hosting us this week at an incredible conference today. Catherine Gates, you guys announced next year's conference today we did when's it going to be october 11th 2019 and the theme we're really excited about is leadership ignited leadership ignited kind of like a rocket ignited or a piece of dynamite ignited what kind of ignited are we talking about here really being on fire for god that kind of leadership so like a bond a whole pile of wood somebody throws diesel fuel on it and a little gasoline to get it going and when they light it it goes i don't think they'll be doing that on the stage though that but morning no. but we could but is that that's what you're talking about but i, I think it's so all the right fuels there and go right right all the right fuels there i don't know maybe more of more like a rocket ship i don't know but <laughs> but really talking about how do we how do we light a fire under ourselves for christ mm-hmm. and um and allow our leadership to be like wildfire in having an influence that that just spreads mm. when you look at you're like oh that's 13 months from now or a little less than 13 months from now is that a daunting task for you to get set up for next year's conference or does that make you excited that you got something i mean what, what's it what does it turn in your heart today as we're closing out this conference <laughs> you're looking to next year it's it's exciting jim i mean you know it is a year off and there's a lot of planning that needs to be done but it's exciting every year i gotta tell you People come up to us, and of course, there's a certain point where we bring the speakers together, but but it's God's. You know, mm-hmm. this conference belongs to God, and he just knocks it out of the park every time. And so I'm excited to see who God brings as speakers for that next conference and um, just see how this message really comes to life for people. You've been walking around talking to people all day long. Did you get some feedback from some people? Everyone, that's that's the other thing. Like each year, people say this was this conference was the best one yet. This conference, and they said it again this year. Every year, you think, how could that be? We can't get. Right. How can we get better? Uh. But um, a lot of people came out of Marshawn's breakout session, just so moved, so inspired. People were so moved by Jessica Haas's speed painting and her story. Every single speaker I've heard, people t- have huge takeaways, profound insights that they can't wait to apply to their work. Mm-hmm. And I've actually heard a lot of people say, oh, my gosh, I'm bringing my team next week, next year. Excellent. And that's really what you want. When you can have um, a place where you have something, a common lo- vocabulary to take back to the workplace and have a, that common foundation, um, not that you can't go bring it back on your own, but um, exponentially if you were to bring your team with you. Absolutely, because then you have that built-in community and accountability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's ex- so do you got any sneak peeks to next year's speakers? Do you have any? I mean, are you going to, I know you can't sign up until January for the Work Matters event on October 11, 2019. Do you have any, are you going to sneak anything out? Are you going to? Sorry, I can't help you there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought we had an inside edge here, Well, Martha. you know, we might, but not on public radio. <laughs> <laughs> So, Catherine, as we close out this week, it's been an amazing time. What an amazing area of the country. We're so grateful that you hosted us. What is what, what is one thing you're hoping our listeners have gotten out of the experience of getting to know Work Matters better this week? The one thing that I really want listeners to get is that their work matters to God, that God wants them to partner with him 
in their work and lean on him for strength, for wisdom. If we go out and do it without him, we are going to eventually find ourselves bankrupt emotionally, physically, maybe even financially, as Phil did at one Mm -hmm. point. But um, when we lean on God and glorify him with our work, there are the possibilities are endless. One of the one of the scriptures that I just love is Ephesians three twenty. To him who is able to do super abundantly, above and beyond all we could ever ask, hope, or imagine, to God be the glory in Christ Jesus. And and that's what happens when we really lean on God and and do our work in partnership with him, pursue God's purpose for their work. Amen. Catherine Gates with Work Matters. Thanks for being back on iWorkRam, and thanks for sharing Work Matters with us all week long. Thank you. It's been great. It's been a lot of fun. Martha, great time being here in Northwest Arkansas. We can't wait till we come back next time, but we're so grateful. Make sure you check out Work Matters online, workmatters.org. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.